Hello, everybody. In today's podcast, I'd like to explore with you stress, worry, fear, anxiety, and insecurity. So before we do that, let's take a few centering breaths. If you're driving or operating machinery, please ignore this section and keep your eye on the road or on what you're doing. But otherwise, just find yourself somewhere to sit or lie with a nice straight back. And take a few deep breaths in through the nose and out through the mouth. Nice, gentle, slow and smooth. So the spirit of these podcasts is to help you to have insights. So that means a sight from within. It means a transformative aha moment. So it's actually, um, please switch over from the usual way that we listen into what I call hearing. So you have to be here in order to hear. So what that means is simply listening with nothing on your mind, as if you're listening to a, your favorite piece of music or like a log of wood with ears. So really nothing on your mind, nice and easy. So stress, fear, worry, insecurity and anxiety. It seems that these family related feelings are front and center of all of us these days. Whether it's in the news, on social media or in our conversations, or whether in our quiet, sultry moments, stress and anxiety are on the rise like never before. What follows, I'd like to explore the deeper drivers behind these experiences. Not so much to fix or explain them away, but to provide, provide a practical framework with which to respond skillfully to the rising tide of stress in our lives. Right off the bat, two pretty profound questions are quite crucial to our discussion. One, who are you? Two, where do your experiences really come from? In the context of stress and anxiety, just learning to pose these questions can be a quite immense benefit. And when you're able to answer them directly for yourself, the benefit is even greater. You begin to experience more freedom from fear and worry, and you start to enjoy a greater sense of peace, presence and possibility in all aspects of your life. This works because if we're able to tune into the first principles that underpin experiences like stress, we're then able to deconstruct the emotional conceptual infrastructure that holds these experiences in place. It's precisely because of these first principles um, are universal and incontrovertible that they can have such a powerfully corrective effect on our experience. Who are you? The question, who are you, has a bunch of superficial answers. 
you're a certain age, a certain gender, you have a certain job or various profession and personal roles. You may have certain likes and dislikes and you may have certain habits and traits. But at a deeper level, you're, you're a miraculous instance of being. You're composed of trillions of complex cells all working together in harmony. And you're preloaded with millennia's worth of species-specific data about yourself and your place in the lived environment. Within each of us, therefore, there is actually a kind of default structural tension. So as an individual instance of the miracle of being, we possess almost unlimited potential. But we also possess a whole host of inherited behavioural presets that may not actually be helpful or serve us at all. However, we can always have a choice about which aspect of our makeup we tune into and developed. But unfortunately, we can easily miss that choice altogether. And crucially, how we relate to ourselves as limited or limitless will massively impact on our experience of stress and our capacity to respond to it skillfully. What is stress? Well, most of our genetic environment and genetic inheritance, sorry, most of our genetic inheritance, including our, our default stress responses, draws from millennia of living in the wild. In the wild, stress was a natural and useful reflex designed to help us in life-threatening situations. In his book, Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers, Robert Sapolsky details how zebras in the wild tend not to suffer the kinds of stress-related illnesses that are prevalent amongst human beings in the modern world. Despite the ever-present threat of being eaten by a hungry lion, zebras don't suffer from heart attacks, diabetes, weight issues, arthritis, and so forth. In fact, the average zebra enjoys a fairly relaxed and chilled existence. From a physiological point of view, the stress response consists of an increased secretion of adrenaline, increased heart rate, and heightened vigilance, and so forth. These are intended to make it easier to save your life in a specific dangerous situation, but they're only ever intended to come into play once every 24 or 72 hours, and really for a total of up to 30 minutes. So although the body itself produces the stress response, it's not intended to be a sustained experience. It's designed to function in occasional spikes or short intentional bursts. In reality, then, we're built to support stress response in the wild or in the real life threatening danger, but not the prolonged chronic stress that is increasingly common in our modern civilized world. Fear in the body and fear in the mind. So that natural stress response is designed to meet the challenge of a genuine threat in the real world. It's a response to something that exists physically. Contrast that with the chronic stress and anxiety that many of us suffer today. This is very different. It arises not from a physical threat, but, but from an imagined conceptual one. In a way, that's why the stress response doesn't stay limited to an occasional burst, because the threat we're relating to isn't something with defined spatio-temporal coordinates that we can use that energy to get away from. 
When the chief causes of our stress are mental, in the form of projected ideas of the future or preoccupations with events in the past, we can't use the energy of stress to get away from them. We can't actually use that anxiety to outrun the threat or to fight back. And because the threat doesn't ever recede into the physical distance, the stress response is sustained, producing untold damage to our mental and physical health. First principles. So explored in this context, the rising tide of stress and anxiety in our lives takes on an, a very different complexion. In a situation of stress, take a moment to reflect on these profound questions. Who are you? The answer is, you're a person with limitless possibility who's subject to feelings of anxiety in the moment. Where is your experience coming from? The answer is, the stress is either a helpful response to a genuine external threat, or an entirely unhelpful response to a conceptual projected danger. Conceptual fears are not served or solved by the body's stress response, because there is no external threat to escape from. Such at such times, Releasing and relinquishing that stress response is the most beneficial course of action. So many chronic degenerative diseases like autoimmunity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, arthritis, and so forth, are linked to this habituated and prolonged stress response. And all this is a function of a misunderstanding of where our experiences are coming from and who we really are. So the cure of unhealthy stress is to gain this deeper understanding, to arrive at an insight or embodied understanding of the deeper forces at work. So in future podcasts, we'll continue our exploration. Thank you for your attention.